0: This is the Macmillan Library Podcast, a community conversation maker, bringing you curated conversations with Macmillan librarians, community members, authors, musicians, artists, and more.
1: Welcome back to Macmillan Conversation Maker Podcast. I am Jenny Bonneman, and I am the Young Adult Services Manager here at Macmillan Library. And today, we interviewed the Accidentals, who is a band from Michigan, and they performed at our library in our Fine Arts Center on Thursday, July 19th. And the interview takes place with um, Brian Kaputsky, our Assistant Director in our... um, audio recording studio that we have here at the library. And the accidentals uh, were named among Yahoo Music's top 10 bands to watch in 2017. So we were pretty thrilled to have them performing at our library in our beautiful Fine Arts Center. And they were so great and so willing to work with us on so many things um, that they also did a, a songwriting workshop Earlier that day, um, for teens in grades 6 through 12. So we had 16 teens uh, register for this workshop, and they were super inspirational. They were able to relate to the kids um, and give them all kinds of great tips and things on how to write um, amazing songs. And with all the success that they've had, you know, the the kids got um, a lot of really great um advice so it was a fantastic workshop we were so appreciative to them for doing that for us um so now we're going to lead into our podcast with the, brought up the, other day, right? Wasn't the guy,
2: testing his name testing the day?
3: Can
4: you guys talk about Danny Trejo? Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo.
3: Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Machete. (laughs)
4: Thank.
2: Can that be the intro? Emily (laughs) Peters Mark bought (laughs) us Bosco sticks. There
0: we go. All
1: right. Well, we're recording.
0: Okay.
4: Let's do this. We're keeping
1: all of that. We're kind of rookies at the podcast thing, Yeah.
0: So you guys are our. First podcast that we've done with a band like oh, a real band nice. so thank you very much for taking some time out with us
4: yeah thanks for having us yeah
0: and we've got like some really basic questions that we you know tried to come up with so and then deeper um,
4: psychological ones oh
0: explain. yeah we'll, we'll see where things take us <laughs> um i guess the first thing is um uh introduce jenny you want to introduce yourself yeah
1: absolutely i'm jenny bonneman and i am the young adult librarian here at mcmillan library
0: and i am brian kopetsky i'm the assistant director here at mcmillan memorial library and the more important piece here is our band that's with us the accidentals and if you guys could introduce yourselves please
2: yeah my name is katie i play cello and guitar and sing and write with the accidentals
0: i'm michael
3: i play the drums and sing backing vocals
4: Hi, I'm Sam and I play violin, guitar, and bass, and I sing it right in the X-Nails. Awesome. Great. That's thanks. That's our life story. Well, thanks yeah. for being here. We're really excited <laughs> to have Thank you uh,
1: so <laughs> performing tonight.
4: Yeah, we're really excited to be playing here. Um,
1: sweet place. Yeah, yeah, we're excited for it. So could you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you came into the music scene? You know, how you came into um, how you came into playing music?
4: Yeah, I'll start. Uh, this is Sav speaking. I uh, um, was born in Nashville. <laughs> no joke, but it does sound like a hilarious joke to a stereotypical musician. But uh, I was born in Nashville. My parents both played music. Uh, my dad played uh, piano for the Grand Ole Opry and toured with a bunch of artists. My mom was a professional R&B singer on a label and uh, they moved up to Traverse City to take over Uh, My grandfathers worked Traverse City, Michigan, and so that's how I came to be in northern Michigan. Um, When I was 11, my elementary school had um, a music program that provided instruments for all the kids um, who wanted to try out music. Uh, So I tested out violin and decided that was my thing because it was portable, and I didn't get a terrible grade on it when I tried it out. So (laughs) started playing violin um, my parents actually formed a folk band to help kind of bring me up into the scene and get me connected with people and help me learn improvisational skills. And so I did a lot of that. I would harmonize, we would work up cover songs, um, and I would play violin for a lot of different jazz or reggae or country bands. Um, but one thing I never did was write music, really, or play different instruments. And then I met Katie at 16 at Traverse City West Senior High School in our orchestra program. And, uh, I realized once we became a band, um, you know, we can go more into that, but once we became a band, she was playing, um, multiple instruments and writing these songs and I was writing novels and short stories at the time actually, and kind of transitioned into the world of songwriting, um, thanks to that inspiration. So that's my story. <laughs> Sad story.
2: <laughs> um... My story started back in 1996 (laughs) in um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, actually. My dad is a classical pianist, so he played for the Milwaukee Ballet. And um, then um, I was about three years old. My sister was just born, and my parents got a job offer at Interlochen Arts Academy in northern Michigan, which is a boarding arts arts high school and a summer camp. Um, So... We moved over there when I was pretty young. So I was also raised in the northern Michigan scene up in Traverse City. Um, There's a great um, scene for local food and local art and local music. Um, so I picked up um, guitar, pretty much self-taught. And then I really honed in on cello and started taking some lessons when I was in fifth grade. Um, and then I met Sav when I was 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... um I started showing her these songs that I'd written, and we started playing covers together and playing around town um, in Traverse City at all the different coffee shops and bars. And uh, we were pretty much on the scene for a couple of years, and I'd put out a couple albums, and then we met Michael in um, yeah. 2013. Nice segue. Nice. Yeah. Totally.
3: So I I met uh, Sav and Katie up at a music festival in northern Michigan called Bliss Fest. Um, and they were playing a set right after an open mic at one of the stages. And I was playing at the open mic. And so they came in while I was kind of like finishing up uh, for them to like set up for their set. And then we all just kind of started talking and because we were like, oh, we're all the same age and we all play music and whatnot. <laughs> um, and so uh, – when, <laughs> when, uh, once, like after that, I was a huge fan of the band and, uh, I was at school down in Nashville and they came down to Nashville for about a week to play shows and whatnot. And I just kind of, like, followed them around and we actually, like, all randomly met Jack White that week, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> and, uh, after that, I forgot to tell them that I played the drums. Um, for like a year. For like a year. And then they sent me a song that they were working on and I was like, hey, can I put drums on this? And they were like, you, you play drums? And I was like, yeah. And so I sent them back a song and, um, yeah, they asked me to come up and play for like a month. And then after that month, they were like, so you want to drop out of school and come on the road? And I was like, heck yeah. So, we did that, and, yeah, here we are four mm-hmm. years later.
4: <laughs> seven um, years for Katie.
3: Seven years for you guys, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's great. I do have a quick question. I'm traveling down to Nashville this summer. Do you guys have any recommendations on oh good music gosh. scenes? Oh, my gosh.
3: you got to check you... out Grimey's records. Yeah, absolutely, sure.
4: Grimey's. Uh, the Grand Opry is actually really cool okay. to, to check out and just walk around. Um, and like I'm not the... just saying that because I spent a lot of time there as a baby. I mean, like, <laughs> overall, it was really
3: it really cool. If you can see a show with the Ryman Auditorium, yeah. that place is
0: gorgeous. Oh, my
4: God. McKay's. Yeah, Why McKay's have we not mentioned McKay's? McKay's is like this amazing book, um, video game, uh, it's like a media vinyl, warehouse. CD. Yeah, it's like a media warehouse. Yeah, exactly. It's one place I would call a tour gem. I'm compiling all of the tour gems that we see along the road, and uh, that would definitely make the top of the
1: list right oh, yeah. now. It's McKay's. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Yeah.
0: So I was checking out your bios on your website, and (laughs) um, musically, it looks like, I mean, you guys have influences from everywhere, it seems, between the three of you for sure. Um, But what would you say are your biggest influences on your music that you're producing now?
4: Yeah, actually, um, we just sat down with our business team last week. We flew them in from all over the country, um, (laughs) and we sat down and talked through exactly that, like... Our branding, who we're, our influences are, like who, what does this band sound like, basically, and that's actually a really hard question because there's um, a lot of different things that we employ um, and a lot of genre-defying. But I think what we decided is that we are officially, and this is an elevator pitch, so it's gonna sound really cheesy and dorky. But this is this is what it is. We are a female-fronted, multi-instrumentalist uh, band trio with, uh, edgy, intelligent music that is also dynamic and, um, emotionally compelling lyrics, I would say. And then we also, um, I would say we have Nico Case-like lyrics, Jack White Rock, and Queen Influence. That's, that's the pitch. So, to clarify all of that, um, I guess, like... We play electric violin and cello primarily at our live shows. We have electric guitar and electric bass, and we have acoustic guitars as well. And we all trade off instruments, and the three of us sing and write music. So it's, uh, it's a lot of different things, but I feel like there's kind of something for everybody in
0: it. Do you mind if I follow up right. on yeah, that? Yeah, keep going, okay. absolutely. There was The piece that struck me is you're talking about your branding and, and how you're trying to um, – be distinct among the many, many bands that are out there, but, um, how, because you guys are different than any band I've seen. I'm not a huge music person, but I feel like I've followed enough bands to know that you guys are different, um, in a good way. And are you worried at all about being able to keep that, um, Kind of that idiosyncratic piece that makes you really cool and, yeah. but still get the success that I, I assume you guys are, are totally. after.
4: Uh, well, one big thing that we were focusing on was making the branding authentic to who we actually are. Um, you know, we really had to sit down and figure out, like, what are the things that we're passionate about? What do we want to advocate for? What do we like to wear on stage? Like, just really dumb questions, but they were, uh, really instrumental to building something that, you know, we want to carry with us. You have anything to add, Kate? Um, no, I think that,
2: um, a lot of music these days is becoming kind of a mishmash of different genres, you know, and, and for us, um, yeah, it's a matter of of being a little more confident and, and figuring out the best way to show it to other people and the best way to tell people about it and the best way to get people interested. Because um, it's sometimes hard to say, like, ooh, someone just interviewed us and they're like, The accidentals are a folk-slash-americana-slash-rock-slash-punk-slash-country-slash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then it kept, it kept going on and on. Um, but I feel like a lot of music nowadays is really uh, moving towards that. There are, of course, like lots of niche, like um, you know, country bands or rock bands. But I like the more important thing is um, identifying a band based on um, their personality and emotion behind the lyrics and um, kind of what they what they stand for and what
4: they yeah. what their messages. And the alchemy of how much is music oriented, how much is lyric oriented. I would say is really mm-hmm. important. Okay. Great, thank you.
1: Um, so the name accidentals. So like where did that come from? How did you guys pick that?
2: That name took us a while to get to. Okay. Uh, we started <laughs> as a duo and um, what we were called the tree huggers oh, for no. a solid like year and a half no, or two we years. To no. Um and so I don't think we I think we buried that name forever and moved on just because it was a little too folky. Um, we we're like, we need to find something that really um encompasses like you know more genres like it's a little more ambiguous and so we spent a whole spring break together i went on vacation with savannah's family down to north carolina and we spent the whole time trying to come up with a band name and so i had a list of all these great um horrible cringy like punk rock names that my dad gave me as a classical pianist he thinks it's really funny to come up with like punk band names that don't make any sense jalapeno honeymoon savage kittens that savage kittens became the name of our publishing company so it's it's fine we we thought about going down savage kittens but then we're like well we probably can't get too many like corporate gigs or we can't get any like (laughs) listening room gigs people will be like who's this band the savage kittens so it's going to be maybe a or a punk side project but we came up with accidentals because um, it ties back to our orchestral roots is a music theory reference. So an accidental is like a note that doesn't belong in the key signature. Um, so you're reading your sheet music and you see an accidental coming up it's about to tell you that things are gonna get a little funky and a little weird, but it'll sound good anyway. And so that's how we that's how we fit in um, the musical landscape in general life. it just fits
1: Great. Thank you.
0: Um, You had mentioned on the last question talking about lyrics versus the music. um, And... I've always enjoyed lyrics. I love storytelling in, in music. And some people really just like the, the beat and the, the music in the background. Do you guys lean one way or the other? Obviously you have to try to, to blend both, mm-hmm. but is there, when you're creating music or creating a new song, is there a part of it that stands out more to you?
4: Absolutely. You know, we just did um, an interview at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet. Was that yesterday? Two, two days ago. Days, two okay, days ago. good. All right. Time, <laughs> time's not flying that much, but we just did this interview. Um, we had to list out all of our favorite songs and then songs that we were influenced by, and that was really hard because for me, I wanted to touch on how much I've been influenced by lyrics. But it's so funny. I like all the stuff I enjoy is really musically heavy, but it's totally the opposite of what I write. Um, I think like coming from like this background of writing books and short stories. Um, A lot of lyrics are really important to me. Like, the whole philosophy for me behind songwriting is, like, making sure that since you only have three minutes to say what you want to say, every line should be important. You know, it shouldn't just be lazy writing. It should be, like, you really spend time thinking about what that line will mean, and it has meaning behind everything. But, you know, obviously that's just like a... Per, like a preference, um, but that's mm-hmm. typically how I conduct my songwriting, and then the music is usually secondary. So when I come to the table with the song, it's Katie and Michael's job to like really make the music <laughs> interesting as well.
2: Yeah, and Thank generally God. we um, we both contribute songs for the accidentals me and Zap, and Michael. He actually has another perspective because he does a solo project of like. 80s emo dad rock music. It's like
3: a, it's like a, some some weird combination between like Death Cab for Cutie and The Cure. Like it's it's somewhere in in the 80s and 90s, you know, pantheon. Like it's just sad dad rock. But, uh, I grew
0: up with The Cure. Yes. I, I... Weirdly, the I one am of the, the bands the dad rock
3: you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and the Cure is like one of the only bands my whole family can agree on. You know that like even my mom is like, yeah, I'd go see the Cure. Yeah, why don't they come into town? I'm like, really. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's crazy. Um, so, uh, so we all write songs differently. Um, we were talking a little bit today. We did a workshop here at the library about um, songwriting and incorporating books, which turned out to be a big theme in the workshop. Because um, I think all of us are influenced by what we read. And when it comes to lyrics, I think for me it's a little bit easier to find um, inspiration and then try to like pluck it out and put it into my own song. Because music will come really fast and really easily, but the lyrics usually, um, it's crazy. usually <laughs> sit on for a while. What about you, Meg?
3: Oh, I'm definitely music first. Hmm. Like, I have so many songs that are fully arranged and, com- like, you know, full instrumentation, you know, like 25 tracks of guitars, zero words or, or lyrics. Like, just, I, it is so hard for me to figure that out. I'm getting a little bit better at it um, yeah, now your that I'm kind practicing like and, Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm taking more time and just, like, <coughs> I'm just, you know, really actually just doing it because it's, it's hard to start. God
0: michaeldoss.com
3: um, and yeah and also helping is um, I do a, a stream on Twitch now where I uh, record and write a song fully on stream in the style of another band and um, it's under the moniker tree skin uh, so it's kind of like I'm putting on different masks and stuff Um, uh, Yeah, right. And uh, it's been super interesting to kind of see what I can learn or gather from, you know, really listening to another band's sound and trying to pull it off both in the performance aspect, but also in like the mixing aspect and the, you know, recording aspect. Yeah, like the production uh, from it. So yeah, that's been that's been helping me out a lot with songwriting in general. Very cool. Great.
1: Uh, You guys had been talking about books inspiring you. Can you talk about some of the books that have inspired your songs?
4: Yeah, we actually uh, posted on our Facebook page um, all of this, uh, well, our top 10 books that we, you know, have carried with us our whole lives. And then also um, all the songs that have been inspired by books we've read. So um, I think for me... There's a song on our album, Bittersweet, Bulletproof Glass. Um, it was inspired by House of Tomorrow by Peter Bogdani, which is not a very well-known book, but it's um really hilarious. Kind of like, um, it's like reading a Wes Anderson movie. It's really mm. uh, interesting, and it has like these emotionally powerful, dynamic characters, and I, I don't know, it just made me feel so much about it. I just kind of tried to incorporate the whole plot into a song, and uh ended up, sending the author that song and uh being really self-conscious about that action but my parents really encouraged me to do that and I'm really glad they did because um he was super receptive to it and I've never forgotten that kindness I guess um because it really taught me that like you know authors are people too they're introverts too they well a lot of them are and some of them are extroverted and they just want to hear um from people and talk to them and uh I think, like, that's important to keep in mind. Like, people who are successful are not unattainable or unreachable or objectifiable. They're also just people, and they're sharing their thoughts and ideas. And so uh, the best thing we can do is connect with that. But So that's one of them. Yeah. And what do you um, got?
2: Let's see. Um, for me, um, I, I'm drawn towards nonfiction more to learn, to just, like, feel more... Um, drawn to someone else's life story and so I like to read that for pleasure when it comes to like things I end up taking into songs it's usually really random like on the list we have Tell Tale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe which I just like stole some random imagery and sentences out of and Enlightened Sexism (laughs) um, was another fun one great one one. Um, and I'm just now finishing a song that is inspired by a collection of commencement speeches given by Kurt Vonnegut. And it's called If This Isn't Nice, What Is? Um, So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, And I'm approaching it now more as, like, kind of a research project because I'm not familiar with a lot of Vonnegut. And so before I finish this song, I'm like, I really want to, like, dig deep into his um, repertoire and, like, figure out a little bit more of who he was as a person and then kind of soak up some of his ideologies and see if I can... Seep that out back into a song. <laughs> yeah. Go mm-hmm.
1: ahead.
0: Um, just to circle back to something Sav had mentioned the the introvert extrovert thing. <laughs> uh, I think it's assumed by a lot of us that watch a band or musicians perform on stage that they must all be extroverts. Mm. So, (laughs) dispel that for us. Yeah,
4: well, I think it's possible to be a hybrid. What What? were you going to say? I'm just
3: going to be like... Not at all.
4: <laughs> what do you mean? No, oh, I'm
3: just, just thinking yeah, of, see. like, you know, yeah. A lot of musicians that at least, like, I know or have met have been introverts, and, like, I would say the the minority would be
4: extroverts. I, I don't know. I disagree. Just I opinion. disagree because I think, like, um, I don't think it's easy to label a person as introvert or extrovert. I think... People have introverted qualities, and they also have extroverted qualities, and those make really strange appearances depending on where somebody, is, what somebody's passionate about, or what comes easier naturally for them. Um, you know, I will admit that, like, um, you know, speaking in public and taking phone calls is not natural territory for me, but it has grown to be. So I feel like, um, you know, to put ourselves in boxes saying we are too introverted to do this or too extroverted to do that is uh something I kind of want to avoid because I think it's possible to grow and change and become a hybrid um yeah but you know at the same time I do I would say that like I am more introverted than extroverted um and it takes a lot of the skill set of an extrovert to be able to go on stage and basically spill out and vomit your entire diary to a bunch of strangers every night. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, I would say it's really like, a good place of growth, I think, to do that. Well, I've the
2: way I've heard it kind of defined is like h- how you like recharge your batteries. You know, if you're an extrovert, like mm. then you feel uh, revitalized by being around people and talking. Um, and if you're an introvert, then you might feel drained. You might need personal time afterwards. And I feel like um, at least me personally, like once I've been on stage, um for a couple hours and once i've like once i get off stage i really like pour all my energy into um talking to the audience members and people who want to come up and chat um because i feel like really grateful that we've had an audience who wants to listen and connect with us And as soon as that's over i'm like okay i'm done. (laughs) i know then we'll all go and like wrap cables and stuff and be like oh so soothing we can like do this menial task mechanical motions yeah and so i think Um, that's also, you know, when we're in the van or, um, when we have quiet time, it's also when our creative brain kind of kicks in. Um, and I feel like we, I feel a little more energized after I've had some time by myself, although granted 10 hours in the van, you get a little crazy and
4: you're like, yes, society back, we're back in real life again. Yeah. Yeah. It's so strange though. Like I always feel like, um, you know, like, I feel like I just want to be alone sometimes, and then if I'm alone for too long, I'm like, man, I really want to be around people. It changes, like, all the time, I feel like. Um, I don't know. Sure. All
1: right. Um, so where are you guys going next on your tour? What are – where are your next we locations?
3: We're headed to Delafield, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. yes. and then uh
1: Minnitowoc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Manitowoc.
3: Manitowoc.
1: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Manitowoc.
4: And then after that, we're doing a sold-out show in Manistee. and
0: basically, Yeah, Michigan is
4: kind of the hot spot for a lot of August. And then we're headed to Colorado. We're doing um, a really cool project with the Bayfield Youth Symphony Orchestra. Uh, We're working with youth symphony orchestras a lot right now. Um, There's a lot of talk in the works, and you can stay tuned with us. There's a lot of news to come, but... Uh we're doing that. And we're also doing a clinic in Sisters Oregon uh for the young songwriters there. So if you couldn't see the pattern, <laughs> we're really excited about um youth educational programs. That has been our um, biggest thing, I think, that we advocate, especially youth music programs. And so to see um kids kind of following the same Path that we took, where you know we were in orchestra together, and we had somebody else come in and show us that it was possible to play alternative styles on classical instruments. Um, it's really exciting to see that develop in kids who are, you know, we were once their age. It's really cool, although we're still the same height as them, so there's not too much. Yeah, true. Too much of a difference. <laughs>
1: So, and where um, can people find your info to find out where you're going to be or, you know, listen to samples of your music? And
2: Yeah, we, um, uh, our website is theaccidentalsmusic.com. And we are super active on the social medias, um, on Instagram and Facebook right now, especially. Um, so our whole tour schedule is up there for the rest of this year. And we're hoping to maybe hit the studio and put out some new songs later this year, going into 2019. And so we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up, and that's usually where we share all of it. Great.
0: Thank you guys very much for being with us today, for playing here at the the library, for doing the program today. I mean, it's it's awesome. We usually don't get um, a lot of bands come in, and they, they're very guarded about their time, which is one of the reasons why I asked the introvert-extrovert question. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was really cool to to see you guys do that, and working with the kids was really cool. So thank you very much.
4: Oh, thank yeah, you. This is nice. like the ideal venue. <laughs> it's a library with a theater, awesome, <laughs> and a cafe, <laughs> amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks again.
0: Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you use this information to strike up a local conversation. Check us out at mcmillanlibrary.org dot org to see upcoming events, including concerts, speakers, movies, and more. We also have free online classes through Gale Courses, as well as a host of databases for your research needs. If you can't find what you're looking for, stop in at the information desk. The Macmillan Conversation Maker podcast can be found at macmillanlibrary.org podcast.
4: Check, check. Hello. I still don't oh, come out I think mine's here. working.
1: Hello. Ah!